Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hi, thanks for joining us on tonight's AfterBuzz TV Olympic opening ceremony coverage. For the first time ever, we are also streaming live on the Facebook page for Black Hollywood Live, but no matter where you're watching or listening, we have a lot to talk about, so don't go away. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Great. This makes me wish that we had an Olympic torch right now. I know. Well, actually, no, I don't. don't (laughs) You didn't bring yours, too. I didn't. It's somewhere else. (laughs) Well, on that. And on that wonderful Olympic note, we are so glad to be discussing the Olympic coverage for the opening ceremony that just happened in Brazil. And uh, I'm Zoe Hewitt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zoe Said What. That's Z-O-E Said What. And sitting to my left. Yes, it is Candice Renee Rice. You can find me. I'm most active on Instagram, underscore Pimp Fried Rice. I'm Pimp Fried Rice on everything. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Steve Kaufman. That's K-A-U-F. M-A-N-N. I was actually just at the AfterBuzz TV Olympic party and wandered Ooh. in here because I, th- I heard there was more food. And, <laughs> and now I'm on the panel, I guess. So let's that's, do this. That's how we roll, for right. sure. Now, it was definitely a long ceremony, and we have a lot to discuss. And as we get into our recap, there's some interesting tidbits of information. There were 4,800 performers and volunteers who are all involved in this show. It was wow. designed with the theme of Brazil as a garden of the world. So I know we'll have a lot to talk about <laughs> as yes. we see those themes throughout. And there are actually 11,288, that's a very specific number, athletes who are there, including the first ever refugee Olympic team from of refugees from Syria, South Sudan, Congo, and Ethiopia. That's phenomenal. It's amazing. Mm, that's absolutely amazing. And I have to say that if we skip ahead for just a second, when we watch the teams walk in, I feel like one of the teams we were really most excited about was that refugee team. Can mm, you imagine yes. what it must be like to be there for them? Oh, yes. No, I... I, I think there's a certain type of um, a pride that you feel, you know, kind of walking in and their their background history and where they come from. I I thought it was amazing. That was one of the ones I was super excited about next to Russia and U.S. <laughs> I'm also I'm also excited. Like refugee team, that's great. I also I'm also excited for the independent team, which mm-hmm. normally that's where the refugees go. The yeah. refugees go to the necessarily independent team which is if you're in a place like kuwait Mm -hmm. where your olympic committee gets suspended you as the athlete from kuwait shouldn't be penalized because you're the best but you happen to be in kuwait where it's right whatever yeah that's how i worded that sentence (laughs) um, so I, i like the independent team but i like that there's a refugee team and then an independent team the question is what song do they play for the ref if if someone from the refugee team wins a gold medal, what song do they play at the podium? Right. Because oh, for, for the independent team, it's the Olympic anthem, the one we just heard. Would they play that for I would imagine they'd play that for the refugee team as well. Or would they play their former country? Would they play the Syrian national anthem? That's an interesting question. I would like mm. them to win a gold medal just because I'm curious. Just right. to find out. I feel like they would play the former home 
anthem. But mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, if they don't, if there's no love lost, well, right. if if they're TV producers, they would because that's a guaranteed cry. Yeah, absolutely, guaranteed cry. <laughs> Well, as the show started, uh, the executive producer of the show, Marco Balak, and I hope I'm saying his name right, but he said that the smile is the approach that Brazilians have toward life. So in this ceremony, they're saying that even though there are a lot of social problems and a lot of crises, that's what they're going for. So as we watch the show and as we talk about it, let's discuss if we think we see that smile. So we started with a countdown. They're in the Maracana Stadium, and the floor looks roughly like a fish shape. And the countdown involved dancers with these huge silver fabrics that that were being, you know, danced around with, really, and uh, followed by fireworks. And then we saw this sort of interesting green peace sign that was projected on the stadium floor that almost, it looked like a peace sign, but it almost looked like it had feathers on it. Well, it turns out that that represents the National Tree of Brazil, the Pau Brazil tree, and the wood is what gave Brazil its country name. And it's actually on the threatened list of Brazil, and the curved shape of the stages are a nod to the famous Brazilian architect, Oscar Niermeyer. Mm. So what were your first thoughts when you saw the stadium? Did you feel like you could see something big about to happen? I like the stadium a lot. I correct me if I'm wrong, but they had World Cup games at the stadium. I'm sure they had World Cup games at the stadium. I just don't know if they had the World Cup games at the stadium. Massive, huge stadium. I want to say it held in the area of a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And then the 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 LED screen that they were on top of that mm-hmm. was a bit of a modern marvel. To have a giant LED screen where yeah. everyone's on top of, and we'll get into some of the tricks there. I like the colors. <laughs> <laughs> there were some great colors throughout it, the show. It, it was so much. It was so much going on. Um, the one thing for me, I feel like if I was I was watching it and I. You know, I didn't necessarily have the knowledge and um, didn't do the research. I wish I would have known more about what everything represented at the mm-hmm. moment you were watching it. So you can take it in and appreciate it mm-hmm. for what it is and what it stands for. And that's interesting because that's something that we talked about a lot as we were watching the ceremony that... If it weren't for the voiceover commentary that we mm-hmm. get, there's a lot that we might not have understood with the symbolism. Mm. Exactly, yeah. And so this stadium, the show opened really with the Brazilian unofficial anthem, which translates to a song called The Hug. It was by a Grammy winner named Gilberto Gill. Um, and he actually played a role also in the closing ceremony of the London Games four years ago, and also in Brazil's bid for these Rio games. And the soundtrack, the song was actually the soundtrack for the opening video. And he's also credited, very interestingly, with helping to revolutionize Brazilian music in the 1960s. And okay. he was actually jailed um, for angering Brazil's military dictatorship. Oh, no. And or, excuse me, so to avoid being jailed, he lived in exile in London from 1969 to 1972. And then the Brazilian flag went up, and they went into this sort of Forest theme. It started out with looking at um, water and like amoebas and plants and life starting on the planet, and moved into mm. the rainforest and an abundance of life in the Amazon. Can we can we stop at the amoebas? Because I think <laughs> <laughs> we were all thinking it. I'm sure many of us tweeted it. Yeah. Heading into the Brazilian games, mm-hmm. it was a huge, huge story that the Zika virus that there's. Um, that there are other types of viruses in the river that they're also like sailing and doing tri- the triathletes are swimming in. And I just remember, I think my exact words on Twitter were poor choice. <laughs> I get, I get how this fits into the entire narrative that they were playing, mm-hmm. but like literally you count down to zero and then it's pretty much cells on your giant screen. 
-hmm. and then literally giant bugs. So I'm back and forth about that because on one hand, I actually thought the water images were really amazing and I liked seeing how it split up. So I liked what they were going for. But on the other hand, I do have to say I agree with you in light of what's been going on with the virus. It was a poor choice. But how far in advance did they program all of this? So this might have been a newer thing with the virus. It took years. It was before the virus. I just, I don't know. I guess they decided to move forward anyway. My gut reaction was that it was a poor choice to mm-hmm. to stick to that plan. It was also interesting because when the animal life started, we saw um, like a big spider and what looked like worms, and they were being controlled by people. And they were very they were done very interestingly because they were thin, sort of looked like you know, probably wood or mm-hmm. piping, you know, thin poles, I guess, that were brown. So when we could see them close up from the cameras, they looked great. But from further away, when we had those far back shots, they sort of disappeared a little bit into that screen. Mm-hmm. So what did you think, Candace? Did you feel like you would have liked maybe like heavier looking spiders, I guess, so we could see them better? <laughs> well, you know, I don't like spiders. But <laughs> um, I think that with the, with the images all together, um, they were a bit it's kind of like if you if, if you're there mm-hmm. and you're looking at it it's kind of like you know what what's really going on um but you know now that we can kind of break down everything and we see it for what it was i will i would say that i would have liked the um the visuals to be a bit more um clear in how they come across but you know like you said earlier um prior to the show their budget was what one tenth of the london you know what? I don't have that actual exact information no? in okay. front of me well, right now. Possibly, but but you know. it was a lot smaller. Yeah, and of so, course, Brazil is facing bankruptcy right now. Exactly. So it's also so, good they didn't spend You know, you have, to, you have to consider that, you know, they're on a bit of a budget, you know. So, <laughs> you, you know, when you're on, your, on a budget, you got to do what you can, you mm-hmm. know. So. And so it seems cost effective. (laughs) (laughs) You can do a lot with a screen, so it seems very cost effective. So they also had this rainforest imagery and a huge curtain that came up in the middle of the stadium that almost looked like a maypole. It had streamers hanging down, which was great because they projected images onto it as well. And then they had descendants of the indigenous people who were there who danced with them. It sort of reminded me of a maypole dance where you weave streamers Mm, together. But what's interesting, too, is that they were wearing what looked like sumo-type loincloths. And so I thought that was an interesting choice because clearly that's what they would wear. Mm -hmm. But it felt like one of the parts to me where a little more explanation was necessary and where maybe if you're in the stadium, you don't get to hear about how those costumes are part of what they would normally wear. Did it stand out to you? Like, I thought that the actual, like, you know, once the the weaving was complete and they were done with that portion. I thought it was phenomenally done. I thought it was beautiful. But to the part leading up to it, I was so lost. Like I didn't under I really didn't understand what was going on. Um kind of it I was I was lost. I was totally lost. I don't know how to Um I was happily lost. <laughs> I was, but no, like, well, no, he's, they're clearly rowing, and then the guys with the stuff on their feet, like, there's that. And then, like, once we got into the maypole thing, I was like, I think they're building the whole forest mm-hmm. and stuff. And then they cut to commercial, which I found interesting. Like, they cut to the commercial in the middle of the presentation, then I was like, so everybody just stops? Well, I'm kidding. Know. I'm aware. We, yeah. we watched yeah. it on NBC, which was on a delay. Uh-huh. So they cut the commercial, and then they just come back right. right where we left off. 
And the boats that you mentioned are interesting. So that's what came up right after they did their weaving. Mm -hmm. And there were these really interesting boats that how they moved across, it looked like someone, I guess, pumping them back and forth. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of like a seesaw for anyone who didn't see it. The way you might describe it would be a seesaw being used to move forward. And so you have these boats and they were supposed to represent slavery. So then we see people come out with long poles to represent rowing. And then probably one of my favorite images that I think was really well done is people walking sort of with blocks on their feet also represent the chains. So uh, slavery was abolished in Brazil in 1888, but I thought that that was a great way to show it. Yeah. And then as they pulled back, we, we saw all of the cultures coming together. They also mm. showed Asian cultures because Brazil is also home to the largest population of Japanese immigrants outside of Japan. So um, how fact. did you feel about, about that portion? Did you feel like it was well done with the boat, Steve? I enjoyed that. That was, that was really well done. It would... That was a little easier to follow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then they did mention in uh, the commentary that uh, the blocks and the rowing was also supposed to um, represent the lasting effects that slavery still has on the people. And so I I kind of feel like that it's, it's very interesting because I think that we, especially in this time, mainly focus on slavery here in America and how bad it was here and so when you see, when you hear about the slavery in other countries and um, the effects that it had on the people mm -hmm. and um, kind of the same tragedies, I think it allows us to kind of look at things and like you know, hey, they have this history, they have this, and they were really they were really telling their history and their story as it relates to them today. Mm -hmm. And so I I really like that because I can honestly say today, with the help of, you know, us doing background research and everything else, that I've learned a lot more about Brazil that I actually had, I did not know prior mm. to um, 5 p.m. And I think, that, <laughs> I think you make a really excellent point that sometimes, and I don't think this is true of just American culture, but wherever mm -hmm. you live, that sometimes we forget about things like slavery that took place in other countries around right. the world. It wasn't right. just here. So I agree that was a great sort of eye-opener or remembrance of, okay, this wasn't just part of our American history. This is really part of world history. Exactly. And I thought it was handled well. And, um, you know, for anyone who is watching the show and had the opportunity to watch, you're watching probably on NBC, which was carrying it if you're here in the U.S., but an RCA antenna is the perfect way to watch free television because it lets you sort of cut the cord to cable and watch your favorite sports and entertainment on regular networks, the main networks, NBC, ABC, Fox, CBS, when they air. And so it is completely free. You don't need to have cable or any sort of streaming service. Whoop, whoop. Yep, I know. It's so <laughs> nice. Cool. And you know what? This is actually the number one selling antenna brand so when there are events like the olympics they know that they want to bring people together and they know how to do it right you don't have to wait until the next day to find out what happened if you're watching it on the internet you can find out right away with your rca antenna now watching tv has never been so simple so you get your box in the mail or from the store wherever you bought it i should say and um you get it did come with better packaging i should say i took it out of the packaging because for anyone who's watching as opposed to listening i thought it'd be easy to pull out of the box but clearly i got stuck on the cord but this is so neat it's really thin it is thinner it is. than an ipad that's how thin it is so um all you need to do is unplug it or excuse me open the box then plug it in and uh, you can watch network tv completely for free forever and you can visit rcaantennas.net for a list of the free tv channels that you can actually watch with the rca antenna and just as a thank you for watching us on after buzz and watching us on black hollywood live on the Facebook page. You can also use the promo code RCAABTV40 for 40% off. I mean, 40%! 40%. That's almost half off! 
Yeah, for a new RCA sliver XL antenna, and you get free shipping on top of that, and I'm a sucker oh, for free shipping. Yeah. You can purchase it online at um, HTTP with slashes, the bit, B-I-T dash L-Y. <laughs> I have a feeling I probably shouldn't be reading it all like this, slash R-C-A-S-L-I-V-R. Um, but again, you can go to their site, rcaantennas.net. There is a limited quali- quantity available, and it's first come, first serve. Oh, so You better get yours now. Yes. Yes, you should as soon as you're done with our after show because we definitely have more to discuss well, as well. They can open up another window with us still exactly. there this and is just true. create two, and then in the other window, they can no buy excuses. the RCA. Antenna. None. I like that exactly. Because there are 43 no watching in the chat. Free I'm, shipping, I'm discount. The, 43 watching in the chat. If they all bought one, <laughs> it's probably going to be only 12 left. <laughs> you guys need I to hurry. I don't know their inventory. Now, as the Olympic opening ceremony continued, they had another part. I felt like they really hit two wins out of the park for me, first with the boats and showing the representation of slavery, but followed by the projection of buildings on the flat screen, um, which looked like they were popping up. So they had people looking like they were jumping across from building to building until they reached the end of the stadium. And it fooled mm. me. Yeah. Fooled me. It did. <laughs> so they reached the end of the stadium where they had full sets, and then they did this sort of like rock climbing thing all over the buildings. I thought that was excellent. That was what did cool. you guys think? I enjoyed that a lot in the that it was clearly the nod to the parkour mm-hmm. and that it was a forced perspective onto the LED screen so th- mm. so that they weren't actually running through any buildings. They were just r- running straight, but like mm-hmm. playing to that forced perspective. My only question was if you were sitting in that stadium on the opposite side, yeah, did it look really lame? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, I don't know. That's a good question. I should... We should find some. We should. I'm gonna go try and find some pictures on Instagram <laughs> of people who are sitting on the opposite right. end. Like, yeah. I don't know. It looked cool. I was, you know, me. I'm. Yeah, I'm a bit slower, so I was like, "Oh my god, that's so dangerous! How are they doing that?" And then you know, he was like, "Oh wait, it's a screen." Um, but I think then we discussed that maybe it was um like the symbolizing the symbolization of like the infrastructure and yeah. mm. you know the building, and so you kind of you move forth from the um the mother nature aspect, and then you're going into buildings and um yeah. you know all that fun stuff that ruins nature. So <laughs> um, no, you're right, and uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, and so I um there was specifically a moment where the you know they were rock climbing which is very difficult to do while dancing and then she they were like doing splits and you know acrobatics you know while holding the um how, they had like rock climbing yeah. handholds exactly attached. and like nobody was on um nobody was really and safe safety yeah. wire. <laughs> the, I, I'm not, I don't know what to call it but you know they, the safety they, wire yeah, yeah like nobody was on the safety Harnessed. wire so basically like this is really dangerous you know so I was kind of waiting I was kind of waiting on a slip up I was like so they've been planning it for four years that, they that, were Cirque du Soleil performers yeah it was a yeah. Chore- or at least a choreographer mm-hmm. from Cirque du Soleil Oh, okay. Oh, within certain days. Oh, within. I mean, <laughs> Nobody should mess up. And presumably, too, they weren't that far off of each platform because there were different mm. levels. But what mm-hmm. I found really interesting also is that their um, perspective was very interesting. So it really looked like the people were much larger proportionately at that point than the buildings. So it reminded me of, I guess, like swarms of ants going up buildings. <laughs> is what I thought of. 
And they went from there into the first flight, which is very interesting because it's been a long source of debate in Brazil. Right. And so most people do say that the Wright brothers um, were the first ones to fly, and they are, of course, Americans, or they were. Um, but in Brazil, they say that Alberto Santos Dumont is actually the first person who took flight. And what the Wright brothers invented was actually called, they say, a jumping machine. So to pay homage to him, they um, had a small plane that appeared in the stadium during that portion of the opening ceremony, and it sort of flew out, and it showed us where Brazil Brazil began sort of modernizing. Uh, so do you think that was... They threw shots. <laughs> they, they threw real deal shots. Like, I didn't think that that had to be a part of it. Because, I mean, I think they knew the type of um, the stirrup that was going to happen from that. And then, obviously, who are you attacking? You know, uh, you know, like... Yeah. Um, let me know in the comments, because I haven't had time to research it. Are they right? Or are we right as Americans? Well, I suppose it'll be a source of debate. Because the, the claim is that the Wright brothers, when the Wright, they're not disputing that if the Wright brothers claimed they flew when they flew, mm -hmm. that they were the first people to fly. They claim that the Wright brothers have no witnesses. Yeah. Uh. And so meaning that they rightfully can claim we were the first people to fly with witnesses. Well, from that's what, factual. From what I read and understood, it's that. And based on what they're saying, that they say that what the Wright brothers invented wasn't actually flight. So they are oh. saying it took place earlier, mm -hmm. but that it wasn't actually flight. Oh, okay. So I don't know. It's a question of semantics, I guess, at that point. That's but I thought pretty, that's actually even worse. Yeah. I, <laughs> I agree. I thought, you know what? That's an interesting choice. It's clearly something that the Brazilians are very proud of. So, of course, they should and should and would want to include it in their opening ceremony. But at the same time, it's interesting because it is sort of a pot shot at another country that it is coming to the host country and so that's sort of a funny thing for a host to do. Um, Alexandre Bulhos in the chat who is joining us from Brazil says the Brazilians are correct. <laughs> also, thank you for joining us from oh, Brazil. Oh, yes, okay. thank you. Okay. Now, after that, we saw what was considered in the commentary that we heard on NBC um, Brazil's most famous export, um, Giselle Bunchen, walking across the stadium. Not and a human we had, at all. We had a really interesting discussion about that here when we were watching, that it was an interesting choice of words from the NBC commentary to call her an export versus any sort of person. Um, I didn't like the word. <laughs> I... But when you're when you're a model, you make yourself a brand, and I think that's what they meant. Mm -hmm. the, the brand that is Giselle Bunchen, I, I, the commodity I, I she it. made herself. I get it. I know that they don't mean any harm. They don't mean to say sh that people should be sold because they did a whole thing explaining that that's bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I I know for a fact that they didn't mean any harm by it, but I just kind of don't like the word expert. I just, Agreed. I just, I just wish wish they would have said like you know like the face or there's a better way to um describe a, a human being as beautiful as she is with better than the word export you tom know? brady's wife <laughs> and, <laughs> and even if she weren't beautiful and you make a good point yeah. because when we were watching i said oh well i understand like i've heard that term used before but i completely see what you're saying yeah. and after that i spent the rest of the time watching huh thinking like yeah that is sort of a strange way of speaking that we do use sort of more colloquially, but it does mm. bring up a sort of different way of thinking of things. Well, following Giselle, who really didn't do much, to be she, honest, other than walk across a very long walked right stadium. across that yes, Great did. job walking. Also, I do want to jump into the word export, because this came mm. up earlier, that when people talk about how this ceremony was kind of like, well, they just kind of, it was a bunch of stage work, and then some samba, and then obviously the, the big parade part. And, like, people were comparing it to the London... Um, the London one last year, 
which is people would talk about more and find more entertaining because it's Daniel Craig jumping out of a plane. Like, <laughs> that wasn't Mr. the Bean. highlight for me. But it's Mr. Bean. It's like there was right. so much happening in that one because London, much like America, much sorry, much like the United States, has an export that is media. Yeah. To get back to mm-hmm. the word export, yes, exactly. One of like one of our only pure exports as a country is media. Yeah. So when we get the Olympic Games in 2024, which we do not have yet, our Olympic Games, our Olympic open, our our opening ceremonies are going to be so dope. (laughs) And what you say is such a good point, because you're right. If you're talking about a country where one of the things that the country is known for is media, you are going to get a very different ceremony, because that's what this ceremony is. It's all about media and putting on a show. And you made a great comment, too, Steve, that... If India did an opening oh, ceremony, would we would one. see an amazing show. Yeah. So I think that's a great point. And then it also makes me think, well, then let's give Brazil a few extra credit points for their opening ceremony because you're right, this isn't something that they normally do. And being put on a national stage, an international stage like this, there has got to be so much pressure on them to yeah. deliver. Well, following this, we wound up with a lot of dancing, and they had sort of a music square off with a Rio-born composer and a Rio-born rapper, followed by um, a young 12-year-old girl who's a known rapper in Brazil. Her name is she's MC Sofia, and her rapping specifically challenges racism and sexism. And the song that she was performing, and excuse me if I'm saying it wrong because I don't speak Portuguese, is Menina Pre- Pretina, and it actually means nightshade girl, and it's about her being proud of her skin color. And at the same time, they had a really interesting visual of someone who did what looked like to me to be Calpoeta on the floor that was really projected into huge, huge form. It was beautiful. So, yeah, I thought another great part of the ceremony, really beautifully done. And I loved the pink hair. The <laughs> pink hair was, was cute. I thought, I loved it. Oh I loved God. all that, too. That was just, <laughs> it's good to see. I always enjoy seeing what what a pop star looks like in another country. Yeah. I do, too. I like It's the... just a lot of fun to just be like, what? Every now and again, I'm on those websites yeah. to just kind of give you the stream of what's happening. And I just like to watch a random TV channel in a random country. Like, what what are you guys into? What does a commercial look like? What yeah. does a pop star look like? What does a music video look like? What does a song sound like? Well, it says a lot about a country's culture. And I think that it also says a lot then about Brazil's culture that, right, as we were talking about earlier with the slavery that we had sort of not thought about on an international stage for a while, that now we've got a rapper who apparently is famous enough there to be part of the opening ceremonies who is rapping about racism and sexism. And that's something that I feel like here in the U.S. we haven't quite caught up to. We don't have really huge pop stars where their main lyrics, right, are about those topics, those heavier topics. Yeah. No, and I I agree with you. I mean, you have some that, like, cover it and they brush Mm -hmm. over it, you know, just... You know, to get the media attention just because of, you know, like, oh, this is hot right now. Like, the Black Lives Matter thing is hot right now. So, you know, people will rap about it because it gets eyes. But to actually have a um, an artist that caters to that, no, I don't think so. I loved it. I thought it was cute. I thought she was cute, you know. And I have to say, too, then, like, in Brazil, I feel like I want to give them a little more credit, too, in saying that good for them for addressing it, mm-hmm. because they could have not put a rapper on who's talking about <laughs> racism and sexism. Yeah, they could have they glossed could have. right over that. So, um, you know, as much as I feel like overall I was maybe disappointed with the ceremony, I feel like now that we're going over it, there yeah. are a lot of they parts they did well. incorporated a lot of yeah. things into it, so I feel like they really tried to add like every element to their culture from beginning to, you know, to now mm-hmm. into it. And yeah, 
Yeah. They put a lot in. Yeah. And following her performance, uh, Regina Case spoke, and she's a Brazilian actress, comedian, host, and director, who is also known as the queen of pop culture. And so then we had everyone from lots of different cultures and costumes dancing together. Um, But it led into what was a very interesting choice, a projection of atmosphere. And so a very kind of lengthy segment in the show about problems with oil and from oil and coal and harming the atmosphere and melting ice caps. Um, And then it's followed in this show by a guy walking out who's planting a tree who actually, they say, even fools the police by breaking through the asphalt. Mm. So it's just this very interesting commentary that turned from, I guess, more history into a very political statement. Um, So did you feel like that part went on too long, Steve? No, I thought that went on the appropriate amount of time because they did understand that they had the world stage and what they couldn't or didn't want to do when it came to the actual theatrics. They were like, no, we have the world stage. We have a chance to say Mm -hmm. as the keepers of the rainforests Mm -hmm. and ultimately, ultimately feel the need to protect the rainforest, protect the world. Yeah. While they have the world stage, this is the biggest single problem we will face in our lifetime. And we're not doing a very good job. Yeah. And they showed us, they, I like how they started with Florida. Because mm-hmm. that, like, in our lifetime, that's not an unrealistic projection to see Florida underwater. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that should yeah. scare some people. Yeah. And, and it, I also, it also, it's also worth noting that when they show Rio, Rio is probably one of the least affected from all the charts they showed. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a little selfless from them where they're mm-hmm. like, no, we we just we still think this is a problem to humanity, not just our country. Well, it makes me wonder if something like that happened in the U.S., what the commentary would be afterwards, because I think a lot of times when someone does try to use a more public platform for a political statement, and what comes to my mind would be like the Academy Awards, which aren't inherently political, mm-hmm. that there's some backlash of saying, hey, this isn't really a political event, of course, balanced with people who say, you've got this world stage to look at you, great for saying something. So I'm curious then also what the results will be in Brazil tomorrow, what people will be talking about. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a good message. You know, mm-hmm. it's not anything bad. It's not like, you know, like... I hate you, I hate this, I don't like the speaker, this, 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 and that. You know, it's a it's a it's a good yeah. message. So, you know, and you can't really say anything like bad about it, mm. to be honest. You know, like, oh, save the trees. Like what what can you say bad about that? You know, so mm-hmm. I would I have do I think that it should have been shorter or, you know, the whole thing was long. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> would have really made a difference. But then we got that peace sign with the tree again. Yeah. It did. You're right. And it it did feel a little bit long. And it's interesting with some of the comments from the chat, people have been watching, it sounds like you guys have been watching in so many different Mm. places from so many countries and over so many networks. It's so fascinating to me to see how all of us have seen and heard different things. And we'll definitely talk about that more a little bit towards the end because there were some parts that were cut out of our American coverage of the ceremony that we had seen written up that we know were taken out that I'm sure you guys maybe saw in your coverage. Mm -hmm. So it's fascinating to me that it's sounds like some people on, I think, the Canadian Broadcast Channel did not get to see the rappers. And Mm. um, so it's interesting who cut what out. And of course, we don't want to say that anything is done for specific political reason, and sometimes people have to go to commercial, but it is interesting how things are covered in different ways. And uh, Rido Boy 94 said BBC had no commercials. What? 
Which and means I, there is a much shorter ceremony. And I feel wow. like a, a lot of people in our chat, actually, we have a pretty international chat. They're saying mm. a, what I'm hearing mostly is that they watched on CBC, which is the uh, Canadian yeah. Broadcasting Channel, or the BBC, mm-hmm. which apparently aired it live as it happened, which on our, our time, which would have been 2 or 3 p.m., mm. something like that. So interesting. And then, wow. And then they got it with no commercials. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fascinating. No commercials. But apparently, and Montserrat Yaldin, he's he's joining us from Mexico. We've been a very international so, chat. Which is Keep great. Keep it up in I, the chat. Yes, wow. I love that. And, you know, I was mentioning to these guys before the show, um, one of the things that I found fascinating, uh, you know, getting off a little bit, is um, I lived in Japan and I went to school there and studied abroad. And I can't remember which ceremony, which Olympics it was, but it was during one of the Olympic years. And it was fascinating with seeing how the Japanese covered the Olympic ceremonies differently than the U.S. because our countries are excel in different sports. So you mm-hmm. see different sports on TV. So it's just fascinating how different countries cover things. And now we're getting that as well, talking about just even the coverage from the opening ceremony. So at this point, the countries began to walk in. We had the Parade of Nations. There were 207 countries represented. Um, And one of the really fascinating things is for the opening ceremonies, they alphabetized based on the local language. So, of course, it was Portuguese. So, for example, uh, the United States of America in Portuguese translates, and again, I'm sorry, I don't speak Portuguese, so I might get this a little off, but Estadas Unidos de America. So, basically, the U.S. entered with the E's, and we entered number 69 out of the 207 teams. And so for anyone who didn't get to see it, leading the teams was someone on a bicycle. The bicycle was really brightly colored. It had plants on the back. And overhead was sort of a spinning sign that was attached to the bike. And the sign said the name of whatever country they were leading in. Also walking with the teams, there's, of course, the typical flag holder from the team, but also a child with a small tree in a pot. And those actually have to do with Brazil's hopes for highlight sustainability, which we talked about earlier, of course, as well. And the organizers of the games uh, gave each of the 11,000-plus Olympians a seed and cartridge of soil that they were placing in the mirrored towers that were lining that walkway area. And at the end of the ceremonies, they'll be taking those cartridges to Diodoro to form what they'll be calling the athletic forest. And out of those 11,000 plus seeds, there are actually 207 different species of trees that will be planted, one for each of the delegations at the game. So it's a massive sustainability wow. and environmental mm. awareness effort for these Olympic Games. That is phenomenal. Yeah. This is well thought out. It was. (laughs) And that is a nice detail that we haven't seen before. And I also really like that it brings all of the countries together doing something. It does. It does. Um, in the in the walkout, although I thought it was, you know, we, we had to watch the whole thing, so it was a bit long. I, I was mostly entertained by looking at the different, the, the pride that everybody takes in their country and the colors and um, the their uniform, not uniforms, outfits or, you know, everything that comes into, you know, taking pride in your country and in your sport. Um, I, I love that. And I think that was, that was what was happiest to me with you know when USA came out and I was just like ah because <laughs> we have you know we have so many different faces and um so many different cultures and backgrounds and I just mm-hmm. I thought that that was to me the coolest not just because it's USA but because um we have so many it's just it's a crazy melting pot here yeah. and you know as we walked out there were so many of us that wore the same colors but mm-hmm. had different skin colors, different hair. There was a girl there with, you know, with blue hair. And, you know, we kind of, we, we represent um, that standard of all of us coming together 
for greatness. Mm-hmm. And and that's what the Olympics represent. And I have to say that it makes me feel not just patriotic for the U.S., but mm-hmm. more like, I don't know, there's not even a word, like, world patriotic. It yeah. just is really a nice feeling of everyone coming together. And mm. I'm not athletic myself. I'm not super sporty, but it still gives me that feeling of right. coming together. And I love that. And I think that especially with the seeds and where they're looking to go from here. I love that it's going to be a continuation of staying together and growing this forest. I what did re- you think? I really enjoy that. And I, I actually really like the walkout. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people tend to not enjoy the walkout as much. I think it's really cool because sometimes that might be the only time you've ever heard of that country. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. I'm not saying that, like... Definitely. And I'm not saying I'm not worldly as much as just there are so many countries. Mm-hmm. 207 were represented. Yeah, there are 207 yeah. countries in the Olympic Games, and that's not even all the countries in the world. Mm-hmm. It's most of them. But <laughs> Well, it's actually even more than the countries, I guess, because we're taking the independent team and the mm-hmm. refugee mm-hmm. team. So 205 countries. 205 <laughs> countries and yeah. two different... <laughs> Two different non-country teams. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And it's important to just kind of... It's also important because I think a lot of like a lot of people who just go about their lives really lose sight of some stuff. Like I was sitting with a lot of people and a country came out and they had... Like it says their population and then how many, how many athletes they sent. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, yeah, this population is 2.5 million. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 2.5 million, isn't that... What is that? And I had to realize I didn't know the state of... I didn't know the population of each state in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To understand that 2.5 million is like... I think that's two Rhode Islands. Wow. Is what I learned. And then I started... Every time a country came out, I started doing mm-hmm. the math of like, well, that's that country is mm-hmm. like a uh, Texas. Yeah. It's a pretty big yeah. country. Well, it is a fascinating way to put it in perspective. And, of course, for us being from the U.S. and for so many of the international viewers and people chatting with us now in the chat, everyone's going to have a different perspective. But the point is, right, it's fascinating to see how many countries there are and the size that's so different. And we were laughing, too, and saying it would be great if you only sent, like, one person and they did well because then you could say you won 100% of your medals (laughs) for the games. And um, one interesting factoid that we got, at least from our commentary here, was that one of the athletes from Guyana actually learned that they made the team from the Olympics Facebook page. They had not actually been notified yet, so what? I thought that was Oh, that's incredible. Excellent. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> or maybe not so excellent, right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, there. He's like, yeah, no. you're there. Okay. <laughs> He's there. That would really suck if he... If I mean, he found out, like you. if he found out like this morning, <laughs> and he's like, "I can't make it to Brazil, guys." You have Why didn't you call me? Like, no one could text me. Like, a Facetime. It's like it's a fun. DM on 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 Twitter. <laughs> and, Something. And it's so funny too because there are so many times we talk about like even as we were watching the ceremonies here at AfterBuzz, talking about, oh, where were you during the last Olympics? And so this is like. Where were you when you found out you made the Olympic team? Oh, well, I was surfing the Facebook page. (laughs) So it's great. So at the end of all the teams coming in, and of course, uh, Greece always walks first because as the founders of the games, and then uh, the home country, the host country, walks last. So of course, in this case, Brazil. But at the end, they they, oh, it was beautiful. They took all of these mirrored containers where the athletes had been placing their seeds, and they moved them to form the Olympic rings. So at that point, it looked like you had the Olympic rings all in silver. But then they actually opened them up so we see plants inside and they continue to open them and so it's just greenery so completely green olympic rings and they shot off green confetti and uh, the greenery was supposed to represent the depleted rainforests that um, are going to be transplanted but it was just a 
gorgeous shot. And I thought they did a stellar job on it might have been long for those of us watching with commercials, Mm -hmm. but Mm. it felt like, oh, you did it. This was a great (laughs) wrap up. Yeah, no. I um I thought it was I thought it was absolutely great. I've I I now see what, you know, Brazil really cares about the plant thing. That was just kind of like the foundation of the entire opening ceremony. So, um you know, it although it was long, they had a lot of phenomenal moments towards the end. So, it was kind of like, you know, it was it was worth it. You made it to that to that climax and, you know, also, Great. there's a lot of. I'm pretty sure Tongan flag bearer is an internet meme as we speak. <laughs> the Tongan flag bearer definitely an internet meme. There's the there was the guy with the afro who's kind of dressed like a penguin who did this. He's and for a, anyone who's uh, listening and not watching, this he's is doing sort a shimmy, of a shimmy, a shoulder shimmy. I'm pretty sure he's a he's a gift forever. Oh. I haven't been on Reddit yet today, but I'm pretty sure he's on the front page. <laughs> um, Send us links in the comments or hit me up on Twitter if you have any other memes. If you have any other memes or funny gifts from these Olympics, um, while Fiji walked out, John Car- they cut to all the dignitaries, mm-hmm. and John Kerry's clearly on the f- on your phone. Yeah, I caught you, John Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> so it is fun to see how people come out, what they're doing when they come out, and it is just a great way to bring it all together. I mean, like I said, when I saw those. First, the silver Olympic rings, followed by the green and the confetti. I thought, here we are. And as we had spoken about earlier about countries and places that really specialize in media, that's, you know, the best way to end anything is with a great ending, and that's what people will remember. So for me, that was a great ending. So I I really enjoyed that. Now, that was followed by the president of the International Olympic Committee, Thomas Bach, who himself is a former Olympic fencing champion, who spoke about saying that the Brazilians can be very proud of tonight. Um, He said that, you know, although we're living in a world of crises and mistrust and uncertainty, the Olympics is really our answer. Everyone can compete and yet live peacefully together as one in the Olympic village, sharing meals and emotions and that everyone is equal. And then following that, he presented an Olympic laurel for the first time. And if you didn't see it, it really looked a lot like a trophy. And the laurel is sort of the um, sort of two U-shaped leaves, I guess is the best way to describe it if you don't know. And it was purple. And he presented it to uh, Kip Keino, who I hope I said his name right. I tried to write it phonetically. But he's a two-time gold medalist from Kenya who went on to open an orphanage in his homeland. Oh, that's and beautiful. They, yeah, and they had a really beautiful image right after that as well. So apparently they had taken some white kites from Brazil and took them to Kenya. And so kids who had never seen kites before had the opportunity to write messages of peace on them. They then brought the kites back. And so as they were giving this award and right after, we saw children running in, carrying and flying these kites in the stadium, all of the kites from the... um, from the Kenyan orphanages that came back with these messages of peace. So I thought that was just fantastic, and what a nice detail. Did you guys love the kites as well? Oh, I mean, how can you not love it? Like, that's that's, it's, that's, that's amazing. No, I'm a mean and terrible person. I hated everything about this. <laughs> they shouldn't have given that Kenyan man a medal. Uh, right. Or an award. But um, to to comment on what, you, what he said about, um, you know, everything being peaceful among the Olympic Village, I really, truly wonder how true that is. Like, you know, with their not being special treatment like I'm pretty sure like the people that are very decorated um, in their awards throughout the years of their career like I wonder like if there's any separation behind the scenes or you know like in versus... the Olympic Village like if certain athletes are treated better than others yeah like I feel I'm... like no I feel no. like 
from what I read about the Olympic Village, it's it's um, a really really fun time for a okay. bunch of eighteen to twenty somethings. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and if you Googled it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I imagine also it must be a little bit like seeing a celebrity. For yeah. instance, Michael Phelps, who is the most decorated um, U.S. Olympian, I believe, is, are his credentials. This is his fifth Olympics. It's hard for me to believe that a swimmer who's there from the U.S. or maybe anywhere else, because Michael Phelps is well-known internationally, wouldn't see him and want to go up to him and say, hey, I'm exactly. really impressed. You're an amazing swimmer. So for them, especially within their sports, I mm-hmm. feel like it's a little bit of like seeing a celebrity. Yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, I would 11, feel that way. Also, it's 11,000 athletes. More oh, than 11,000, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like over 11,000 athletes. So if you're a archer and it's your first Olympics ever... Mm-hmm. And you're not from the U.S. There's a good chance you'll never be anywhere near Michael Phelps. <laughs> this yeah. is true too. Yeah. <laughs> you're a Russian archer. You'll probably clear across the compound, and by compound, I mean compound because that's it's big. You would, yeah. It would Very be an, it would be a place to house eleven thousand mm-hmm. people wow, comfortably. Yeah. And a little bit of t- a tidbit of information about Michael Phelps, as long as we're on the Michael Phelps topic, is that although this is his fifth Olympics, this is actually his first opening ceremony. And that's mm. because normally, based on the scheduling, he has to swim the very next day. So he has sat out every single other Olympic opening ceremony. But this year, he was there, and he carried the flag for the Americans. And uh, once all of the nations walked in, um, then the Olympic flag was carried in. Uh, there were more performances. There was a children's choir. They had a dance party, singers and dancers. And the Olympic flame came in as well. And uh, apparently there were 12,000 torchbearers who have been bringing the Olympic torch into the stadium. And finally, the the person who actually lit the flame was um, Vanderlei de Lima, who had a particularly interesting story. He was a runner, and at the 2004 Olympic Games, he was in what would have been presumably first place, but he was actually attacked, and um, it pushed him back to third place. So he did win a bronze medal. He was given an award for sportsmanship, but he is the one who Um, lit the cauldron in the flame and the olympic flame cauldron that opened up it was beautiful so if Mm, you haven't had a chance to see it if you're only listening to us i hope you do google it but i will try my best to describe it but um, it's a lot of gold and there was a giant ring of gold and off of the ring were lots of poles and on those poles were lots of smaller balls finished at the end by a flat circle and it turned in what would have been described i would say as like a wave so it went um to look like it was waving, I guess. I'm moving my hands, but I'm describing it for anyone listening, so moving my hands really doesn't help you. But it was really beautiful, and that cauldron was actually designed by an American kinetic sculptor named Anthony Howe, and it was followed by an amazing fireworks show. So... Again, I loved that cauldron. I thought it was gorgeous. What about you guys? I thought the the ending altogether was just wonderfully put together. It was great. It was entertaining. There was lights, fireworks, um, shiny things. <laughs> <laughs> shiny pieces. Spinning. Right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think the ending was um, just a great way to end the opening ceremony and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, get get a head start on the games and the competition. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I enjoyed that you elevate the cauldron and you make it look clearly like a sun. Mm-hmm. But we've all seen a, a cauldron look like a sun before. Yeah. We haven't. That's not a thing. <laughs> but I, the chandelier that it is... I really just enjoyed like there's That's just something word. that there's something entrancing about it. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's once again a gif yeah. already of it that's yeah. just an endless loop of that chandelier. And I could watch it for a long yeah. time. <laughs> and now we have to sort of back up a little bit because 
as we had mentioned that each country and each place that we watched, uh, whether it was BBC, CBC, or NBC, they all end in C, notice the trend, but that every channel seemed to show something perhaps a little bit differently. So one of the things that we found interesting about viewing it on NBC was that we saw write-ups of things that actually happened that didn't occur at all in our viewing. So we will just recap those for you guys, although we have not actually seen them ourselves. But um, there is normally an athlete's oath, and it has been taken by every athlete since the 1920. And so what happens is one athlete represents all of the athletes. There's also an oath that's taken by one coach to represent the coaches and one judge to represent the judges. So that happened, and the oath reads just briefly in the name of all the competitors, I promise we'll take part in these Olympic Games, respecting and abiding by the rules which govern them, committing ourselves to a sport without doping, without drugs, and true spirit of sportsmanship for the glory of sport and the honor of our teams. So um, a great oath that three different people took uh, for everyone on everyone's behalf. And then another very interesting detail, again, of what was cut is that um, Brazil, of course, right now is in the midst of a little bit of political upheaval. The current president who was responsible for the games being sent to Brazil um, has stepped down pending um, impeachment. And so there is an an interim president right now who is a bit unpopular. And um, that interim president apparently did open the games and make a speech and was booed. And because of that impeachment trial and because of all these politics, fewer than 25 foreign heads of state were actually at the games because basically the world is unsure of what's going to happen and people are scared of showing their support and not quite sure what to do um, and how to react. So, excuse Mm, me. So, Steve, what did you think then of the parts that we didn't see? Um... Actually, a lady scaper in the chat just said that the Canadian Broadcast Network showed all the oaths, but they weren't in English. Oh. So if the interim president of Brazil would come and speak, but he wasn't going to, but I wasn't going to get translation, Mm -hmm. I'm okay not seeing that. And what did he really, what was he going to say? Like, I'm sure he didn't actually say anything controversial. It was the fact that he was on the podium at all was controversial. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised NBC cutting that. The oath, we probably should have seen the oath. Yeah, that surprises me as well that we didn't see it because it's, again, another coming together. But again, um, you know, we watched a really long ceremony and someone just posted, James Dawkins Jr. says, who's in the chat right now, says the NBC version we watched was 37 minutes longer (laughs) than what other people were watching because of our commercials. So we had a lot of commercials. Which also, I think, influences how we feel. Because a lot of this we've said several times, oh, it was long, it was long. And it wasn't so long if you took out almost 40 minutes worth of commercials. Hmm. So, Also, Ladyscaper is telling me that the Brazilian acting president said sex when he was trying to say success. And he was speaking in English. I I recant my statement. I would have liked to see that. I would have liked to have seen that. (laughs) And apparently she says also he screwed up and it was funny. Um, But I imagine, too, how much pressure must there be? He knows that his country right now is in the middle of this upheaval. All world eyes are going to be on him. Exactly. And he's not speaking in his first language, so I'm definitely willing to give him a pass um, on that. Um, Also, someone else in the chat mentioned Mm -hmm. that NBC primarily, for the samba dancing Mm -hmm. part, NBC primarily showed uh, the athletes dancing. That's because traditionally samba dancing is done by uh, women who are wearing just thongs. Well, thongs and then a top, mm-hmm. but still totally just thongs. So when we did see that, it was clearly front on, clearly kind of staged. Mm-hmm. Um, as a fan of thongs, I would have liked NBC <laughs> to show me more. 
and you actually, I think, were the one who pointed it out when we were watching. And you said, wait a minute, there must be thongs somewhere in there, and we're not seeing I them. was like, immediately, there are like a thousand thongs <laughs> in this stadium right now. And they're showing me like that one, and they're all facing, they're all front facing. I don't know. That uh, is a great I, point. You're right. Is there, I wish I could HBO see. should do it next year. Oh, ne- next Olympics. <laughs> That was that was too much. Uh, Olympics so after dark. That would be our show. Do we have any final comments um, about the Olympics? Anything we want to add? Any parts of the ceremony that really stood out to you? Things you would have liked to see? Things we didn't see? Did see? Is it really Giselle Bushton's Bushton Giselle's Bunchen. last time walking like a runway ever? Like that's did we what get we've that? been hearing. Yeah, it's like did it, I really want to know? Well, I feel like it's, you know, Oprah has retired, like, four times. You know? So, I mean, <laughs> okay. we don't know. Um, <laughs> Nothing's over till it's over. On the Giselle Bunchen thing, I, I think I tweeted something very poignant, which was, everybody keep track of where Tom Brady is and criticize him for it. Wait, Because he can't win. If Tom, Brady is, if Tom Brady isn't with the New England Patriots doing training, doing, like, off-season training, we're going to criticize him because he's in Brazil with his wife. If he's not in Brazilian, Brazil with his wife, we're going to criticize him because if he is in Brazil with his wife, we're going to criticize him for not. It was just a funny thing that Tom Brady <laughs> tonight literally both wins and loses. Because he wins because he's with Giselle Bunchen. He loses because he can't be in two places at the same time. Right. Right. I wish I could have seen the oath because, you know, like, American um, media is petty. And so, like, you know, when they're taking the oath and it's like no doping and they probably would have cut to, like, Russia. And I just kind of <laughs> wouldn't see, like, what their face is. Maybe that's Maine, but, you know, no. like, well, <laughs> that's and, how they do Well, that is interesting that normally I think the media really does try to have, like, a point of view. And in this ceremony's coverage, from what we saw, they really actually didn't. They cut the parts that would have been controversial. Yeah. So it is sort of an interesting uh, balance there. And for me, I'd say that um, in reflecting on the ceremony, that during the ceremony, I felt a little bit like underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But now going back over it, I'm really glad we did because I realized there were a lot of parts that I appreciated more than I realized right in the moment. Right. So um, thank you so much. This has been our After Buzz slash Black Hollywood Live coverage of the Olympics opening ceremonies. Whoop, whoop. And we are so glad that you joined us. Please feel free to continue commenting uh, on YouTube and continuing the discussion. And um, as we wrap up, where can everyone find you on social media, Steve? Um, everybody can find me on Twitter almost exclusively at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N. And I do a lot of shows here at After Buzz TV and you can tweet at me regularly. All right, Candice Renee Rice on Facebook and underscore Pimp Fried Rice on Instagram and Pimp Fried underscore Rice on Twitter. And I'm Zoe Hewitt. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Zoe Said What. That's Z-O-E Said What. You can also find me on YouTube at Zoe Hewitt Hosting, where I do a weekly movie analysis show. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Have a great week ahead. Two weeks ahead. Watching the Olympics. Bye-bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.